crap. They're evil. Signs of evil. Alex cannot act ever, so. That's like saying you can out-act a paper bag. Dead now. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again. The world famous. Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. I buy that for a dollar. movies where they say make my day. I'm the worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Stop a baby, buggy Sandra, what's up, dude? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me, man. The legendary Mark McKenna. Welcome to the show. Yay. Yay. Thanks, guys. That's the best we can do, Mark. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome welcome to the show. Real people show. Hey, if you could draw anything for Big 2, man, what would your dream project be? I would love to draw She-Hulk. Right here. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. We have a panel of esteemed gentlemen tonight. We have myself, Zod Ryder. We have California Guy. And we have Johnny Alpha. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome, and Jack is not going to be Welcome. joining us tonight because he's really upset that Pan didn't do well in the theaters. He had such high hopes for that film, and like he's just destroyed. Just destroyed that Pan is a flop. Well... I don't know. There's a lot of flops in the theaters right now, so that's yeah. But none of them hit him as hard as Pan. I mean, like he was yeah. really he really wanted like a realistic, like Nolan style Peter Pan movie with Hugh Jackman, and he didn't get it. And I feel bad for the man. Uh, did anybody actually see Pan? No, <laughs> no, no. I bet oh, Cali okay. guy has, but he's lying about it. But no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I. I haven't seen that. Trust me when I. I don't know. I'm getting ready for uh, getting ready for Gem and the Holograms. It comes out this Friday. Huh. Really, really. You're gonna, gonna, you're gonna, don't, don't tell me you're gonna see that. Just oh, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely gonna see. I'm definitely gonna see Gem and the Holograms. Yeah, I, 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 and you know that this, this movie has nothing to do. with I will see that. Part. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm going. I want to see the cameo for uh, Samantha Newark since I they did might have. Might as well just call them Barbie and the Rockers because that's more of what it is than actually Gem and the Holograms. Like yeah. they don't have superpowers and they they don't keep kids from smoking PCP like the old cartoon used to teach us. Yeah, well, we'll see. I don't know necessarily what it's going to be, but I figure, hey, if the original, if the actual original voice actress of Jem is going to be in the movie, I'll check it out. Apparently, she has a cameo, so I want to see it to see what her cameo is going to be more than anything else. But I really don't have a lot of high hopes for the movie being what I want it to be. It should actually be a p a period piece that takes place in the 80s, and it should actually really try to follow the cartoon, but that's not the direction they decided to go. So Yeah, they yeah, should have the, got the guys that directed Kung Fury and Turbo mm-hmm. Kid to team up and make that movie. It would have been awesome. Uh, you know what, Zod, though? I have problems with Jim, though, because when I seen the trailer to it, I, I, was, I know you're going to review it probably next week, and I can't wait to your review, but... In my opinion, it didn't feel like the cartoon. It, it just seemed like it was something... It, it reminded me of Josie the Pussycat. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I agree with you completely. It does not look like the cartoon at all. So that's that's the biggest issue. And, you know, gem fans everywhere have been literally outraged by it too it, it just yeah. does, don't say it just, such things out loud man That's it just so doesn't funny. look it just doesn't look anything like it and it's hard and my problem is it's very very difficult to be supportive and of it because it it looks like it has absolutely nothing to do with what we what we knew the cartoon to be and the cartoon was actually pretty awesome for what it was so i i really have a hard time 
seeing how they're going to be able Dude, to make it would be like this in movie. 20 uh, years from now, them making a Rick and Morty show, but making it about a guy named Jeff. That's basically what this Jim and the Holograms movie is. And, like, they don't travel in through time and space and stuff. They just, like, stay on Earth, and they do, like, Dude, Where's My Car type stuff. I mean, like, I don't get why, like, out of all the stuff that, like, they decided to, like, try to make all realistic and take all the, the superpower and magic out of it, like, Jim and the Holograms, that's the only thing that that cartoon had going for it. Other than that, like it was about a punk band, but I mean, like that was that was the neat thing, you know what I mean? They were like a punk band that went out and saved kids with their weird powers, and, and like it would be like doing an X Men movie, but like they don't have powers; they kind of just like go out and free like yeah, it, it, it takes dogs in the night. It you takes know, that, a that lot of X Men doing this. <laughs> it actually has, has nothing to do with the cartoon, and I don't I don't see any real I don't see any really ho- real holograms. I don't see the computer that turns that turns them there. into the holograms. I don't see none of that. So it, it's definitely not. It definitely, based off of the trailers, doesn't look like. It'd be like Gem making a My Little Pony movie about pigs. That's basically what this is. Exactly, exactly. So, so with all that being yeah, said, that... it'll be interesting to see what it is, and I'll definitely review it on uh, next week's show. But uh, let me ask you: Is it playing at all theaters? Because they didn't even advertise. What's odd about this project is that they... I forgot about it, to be honest with you, until you just mentioned it, but I haven't seen no advertisements with it. I haven't seen no promotions. All we've seen was a trailer online. A trailer on demand, if people want to check it out. So I, I, it may not be playing in all theaters, by the way. It may be playing in some select cities like Knock Knock, like Green and Fertile, some of the movies that me and Johnny would probably go and watch. But Well, th- this is definitely... this is They're definitely relying mm-hmm. on a video m- money for this movie. It definitely was never going to be a big pull in the theater anyway. So I think you're right. I think it might be a select release with on-demand, like directly following it, and mm-hmm. then the DVD release. But, yeah... I yeah, I think I think that's where like I agree with you guys. I think that's really where it'll make its money. I mean, diehard fans will go see it the first week, <laughs> but if but if they but if they like but if they hate it, then that'll be it. That'll be I it. Didn't for it. it. And surprisingly, and here's the other thing. Surprisingly, it this is you, you know I, what I was about to say is PG rated movies are starting to make a comeback and. Jam and the Holograms is one of those PG-rated films, which is well, surprising that's, that's to me. That's one that I really wouldn't want. I wouldn't want to see them try to push the R on. You know what I mean? Like, you, you well, no, no, no. I, I expected at least a PG-13 under certain for certain things, but obviously, if they're going for a PG rating here, it's a it's a family-friendly film. So that is something that you know clearly. Um, now, if you go and you look at the new comic books for from IDW, those would definitely get a get get like if they adapted those or even did an animated I, I haven't film. Seen them. Like, those are would they be anywhere near as good as the new Miami Vice comic. Oh, IDW they're incredible! They're really good. I'm going to be honest. I think that the comic books are fantastic. They're a fantastic update to the cartoon. And actually, I don't understand why they just didn't take the storyline from the comics and use that well, as the movie. See, I, I don't. W with their commercial properties, man. They they represent so like if you buy if you read their Ninja Turtles stuff, they actually have different echelons of Ninja Turtles too. They got the movie um, uh, comics, they got the cartoon comics, and then they got the classic um, Eastman and Laird flavored comics. I really like what the way that IDW's got their um, commercial properties set up, and then they also still put out original books, but they're not as prevalent as their commercial properties. So like hearing that doesn't really surprise me, but it, it's good. You know what I mean? I'm I'm happy. 
that like the, at least like the comic books are rocking for you because there is nothing that takes the jam out of your donut better than like getting all excited because like, you hear that someone's going to make a movie about something you're into and then you realize that like they didn't actually want to make the movie about something that you're into they just kind of wanted to borrow its name for nostalgia and then make something that it, it completely is not right they want basically they wanted to make they wanted to it looks like what they're going for is a teenager angst type coming of age type story seems like what they're going for with Jem, and that's not what Jem was they so really just, it's it's just a new um Josie and the Pussycats because if you're reading like the new Archie's comics that's basically the way the new Josie and the Pussycats comics are going anyways so I mean like they should have just did another one like I mean I, I will never be as good as the one with Rosario Dawson and um what's that what's her name the chick from she's all that it will never be as good as that one but I'm pretty sure like that would have fit a lot better than like taking a superhero story and then just turning it into a pissy teen angst movie yeah I don't know it's going to be interesting to see and you know what too it's like a film again it reminds me of the Josie and the Pussycats movie where it's like a film that they're trying to take out and you can see the budget is minimum at best they they had no plans for Jim they had no plans I I feel sorry you know what they should have did they should have did like they did they should have made it a Netflix film they should have just made Jim kind of be like they did Beast of shout out to Beast of No Nation by the way people watch that but oh yeah excellent like, film yeah very good movie but it, it should be like on that level I don't know if you guys agree with that the jam should have just came on it's some movie well, well, the, the thing that the thing that really sucks is they like put out that poster exactly. and like and like that was electric I mean like even Zod everybody that I know like they were putting that up and they were all excited they were just like hell yeah I used to watch that on USA back in the early 90s and shit and like and like there was a positive energy to it so everybody thought that like and then like you find out that like yeah we're not really making that movie though (laughs) it's kind of stupid to me you know what I mean we we don't yeah it doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense at all actually that's like the kind of shit that they would have pulled in the 80s but like this is 2015 you can't really do that anymore you know like- well, you know and there's a lot of movies now you know you you brought up uh you know turbo kid and kung fury and then there's that fury movie there's all these different movies that are actually actual 80s 80s and 90s throwback yeah, throwback films, films that are very very good yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. big. So I mean, like, if they would have went with that, they'd have probably had a damn hit on their hands, uh, uh, more than like a movie that like fans hated and was overlooked by everybody else because the fans hated it. I mean, like, that's that's that that's the sad way of things. You know what I mean? And right, maybe these guys right. will learn, and maybe like they'll try again with like a real movie. But I kind of feel like I kind of feel like they, they sh- you should never create a film preparing to out and out alienate your fans like if you do a movie like you do a movie like that gem and the holograms that has a following but it's a but it's a small following but it's a following nonetheless it's like a cult following a cult following that has they have conventions for it every year and it does have yeah they have they have uh, they have gemcon every single year they have all kinds of i mean i mean dude it, it it's pretty it's big enough gemcon. to where <laughs> yeah, they, it's big enough. Yes, it's big enough to where they should be able to. Uh, su- they should have successfully did a film. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I feel you. I mean, even if they didn't have Jim Con, like it has enough of a cult, <laughs> big enough of a cult following. Right, I'm not the cut. Sorry, Jack. I got to say this, Dad. You just gave people that. But this is a highly rated show. Please, people, do not make a Jim Con. Please, I do not want to see. There is one. 
Assad, have you have you gone? No, no, no. I have not gone. I they did one, I believe, because when Samantha Newark, who was Je- the voice of Gem, was on my show, she talked about the one the Gem Con that they had in Canada. Uh, I believe last year they oh, did one in Canada. Sense. I don't, yeah, dude, I don't know where it's going to be. I don't know where it's going to be this like year. Sounds like something Canadians would do. Okay, now that's put into context. We get it. It was in Canada. Right on. Well, it's in a different place every year. I don't know where it was different the year before, but I know Gem it was in Con. Canada. This is interesting. Yeah, Gem Con. <laughs> this is the most interesting thing. That, I mean, they make everything out of a con these days. You know, everything becomes a con now these days. You can make anything up. Anything could become a, a cartoon. After Insane Clown Posse did it, I guess everybody just realized, fuck, man, we all can do that. <laughs> you know? Well, well guess what? First, guess what, though? First, like, Gem, Con, uh, Gem Con in 2016, it looks like Gem Con is going to be in Philadelphia, it looks like. Really? I'm, I'm, looking, at the, I'm looking at the information for Gem Con. Yeah, it's, it's going to be in Philadelphia next year, Gem <sighs> Con 2016. Hey, Squirp can go. Hey, if you're listening, Squip, you totally got to go to Gym Con, man. Since you're like our representative in Filthy Delphia, man, you got to rock that for us. Wow, you said Filthy Delphia. He's gonna kill you. You do know that he's gonna <laughs> kill. He's gonna kill somebody. But now, no, but if you, can we, you know what, I was gonna ask you guys. What about the uh, Star Wars poster that was shown uh, on the news earlier today? They've been talking about the Star Wars. It's interesting. It, it, it's nice. I'm not gonna like, but it's not exciting to me. It looks it looks too much like the prequel posters, which which I, I I thought that they were trying to completely get away from. You know, I was hoping that this would have its own style of poster, but whatever. I guess I guess people like Crossfire and stuff wouldn't get all jizzy in the pants if it didn't look like a prequel poster. So like maybe we'll get like a cool poster later. I'm hoping, but this first poster, it's just kind of like that's eh, what I expected. I, I, nothing against the film or nothing against the artist that busted his ass to make that or whatever. It just <laughs> nothing against the Photoshop yeah. artist. You know, it's okay. It just, does, it just doesn't represent like any kind of excitement that I. Nah, have. it does. It looks like a corporate. Uh, I'm not trash either because I don't want. I know big the big man that come on here. You know, he's gonna. I don't want him calling in from his vacation, Jackal. But I'm not trashing it, but. It seems so corporate and cold, you know. Just maybe we'll see the trailer tomorrow. I've been hearing rumors, but I don't want to discuss the rumors tonight because you know I don't think it'd be a. Well, I believe it's been uh, confirmed though that the trailer's going to drop tomorrow, though. It is because because as far as I'm as far as I know, they're going to actually start selling tickets for uh, the movie too tomorrow. So really? that so that's. You know, so that's some pretty big stuff. I think I think it's confirmed on the StarWars.com website as well. Um, they, uh, yeah, they're. I mean, the, the trailer tomorrow would will be nice, especially after the you know the lackluster poster. It'd be nice to see a full trailer. Um, oh, it's gonna be like a full trailer, not just like another. Uh, yeah, apparently it's a full. It's a full it's Star full, Wars it's trailer. Confirmed. It's a full trailer. Yeah, you're gonna get a full trailer when you watch. Anybody watch listen to the show? Tonight, watch Monday Night Football. But soon after, if who's the, playing, you can watch. I don't know who's playing them all night. I'm not team. watching it. If the if the Lions ain't playing, I ain't watching, man. Yeah, Raiders ain't playing, so I'm not looking at it. But it, but you know what? You can just go online. They're gonna have it all over the place. Did remember? This is the corporate thing. This is Disney. Disney owns ESPN, so they're gonna. Do force they really? Stuff. Yeah, Disney owns ESPN. Wow, believe I didn't it or not. Know that. 
Yeah, Disney owns ESPN and ABC. Because remember, Age of Ultron trailer. No, no, I, I, I know. I know that they own ABC. I didn't know they owned ESPN. Like I didn't yeah. know Disney had any hand in sports at all, except for like the Ducks. But, no, no, no. They no. own them. Yeah, they bought them. Yeah, they, like they all of them? Like like all the ESPN, ESPN? All of them. They own ESPN. <laughs> they bought them out actually back in two... Actually, when uh, Bob Eager took over Disney for Michael Eisner, uh, they did more buying. He did a corporate takeover of different companies. Like uh, ESPN was one. They bought ESPN out. You know, they own that. You know, so you see Disney content on ESPN now. You even see ABC... Uh, Marvel stuff have cross promoted with them. They cross promoted a lot of Marvel products on there. So, and then ESPN shows um, what's that? They show basketball on uh, NBC, uh, ABC. I mean, I'm sorry. They show basketball on ABC at times. So they do cross promotions now. So it's, it's like a real corporate thing. So with ABC and ESPN. So that's why they showed Ant Man on ESPN. Remember, they showed the premiere of Ant Man on um, Monday Night Football on ESPN last year too. So that's this another company they're utilizing. They had Kermit the Frog on ESPN before commentating. So, you know, they that's just a part of their takeover. Okay, they I just, I just did not know that, that that somebody should tell that guy to just go and take over Fox. But we'll we'll, we'll touch on that later. <laughs> you know what's so funny about that, Bob Eager? I, I, I'm gonna give him credit, I, and and it's gonna shock people. But I think that Kevin Feige should be the head of Feige. Feige, I'm sorry, I always have feet. Feige should be promoted to the. Oh, I think he should run Disney. That man is a business, a brilliant businessman. But I, I touch on that a little later in that second hour. Yeah, I think and, that Stephen Amell should buy DC Comics. He's about the only thing good they got going for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know wow. if that's ever going to happen. That'd but, be yeah. incredible. You should just buy it. Well, I mean, like, I, I'm excited for the, a full Star Wars trailer, but I'm worried that they're going to show too much. That's the one thing that I really appreciate about this film is I don't already know, like, how it ends. I don't already know, like, where the bad guy was born. You know what I mean? Like, they, I love that they're keeping this film so under wrap. And if, you're not intre- if you, if you want to keep yourself out of the loop, it's really easy to do with this film. And I'm not doing it because I, I, I don't want to be interested i'm not doing it because like i actually want to go see this film and be excited that like i didn't know how it ended before i went yeah i like a blind like a blind view would be fine just simply because you you're going in and it would feel like the older star wars films that's why i love straight to video movies because usually i have no idea i've never seen anything form you know what i mean i'm just at walmart and it's 10 bucks i'm like wow that looks kind of cool and it's got eric roberts in it so Zod, next guest. That's the next guest for the Zod Riders show. Eric. Oh, Roberts. dude, if you get Eric Roberts, I'm definitely calling in. Yeah, that see, would be you, incredible. Did, hey, Daryl, did you see him on um the player um on Thursday? He showed up, man. He's like this old mobster guy that like Wesley Snipes was homies with. Oh, it was great. I didn't see it. I, I didn't. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it. I, I didn't. That's why I didn't. I didn't see an episode. I seen Blacklist though. But I didn't oh, see. Oh, don't I talk about that crappy show. Man, I was talking about a good show. You had to go bring. Up- <laughs> I like the player though. Actually, I love the play, but I just missed it. I don't know why but I missed it for whatever reason it was. But I, oh man, I, I like some of them shows on TV. No, Blacklist been pretty decent. They had a pretty, oh, they had like pretty. Uh, it's got it's got James Spader in it. Now that's that's about the only positive thing that you can say about that show. Yeah, I don't want to go to. I don't want to turn <laughs> this to the Blacklist show tonight. So this is this is Geek Heaven. So we you know we got to talk about well, geek I'm stuff. Sure. Blacklist counts. They have a shitty comic book and everything now, dude. So. 
Oh, they got do a they, comic book? Do they really? I didn't even know yeah, there was a comic um, book. I think it. I think it's IDW to tell you the truth. Like I'm not. Yeah. I, it might be IDW. Blue. It's one of the two. Wow, I'm gonna check it out. Cause is it a prequel? <laughs> No, no, no. You know I'm gonna buy it. It's like a prequel. I'll check it out if it's a prequel. Oh no, no. I I don't know. It's got like the cover, and it's got like really bad drawings of Jizzy and that that little really lame redheaded guy. And then like they draw James Spader all skinny in it. I'm just like, I, I I'm pretty sure he appreciates it, but like he he's an old chubby man now. He doesn't look like this. You draw him like he looked like you're in Stargate for God's sake. Come on, people. You know what's amazing about James Spader, though? Him and, um, what's his name, that played in 24 and Robert Downey Jr., they all were like, you know, their careers really took a dump in the 90s. That's what's funny and fascinating about James Spader, Mickey Rourke, all those guys from the 80s. Yeah, but James Spader never really got that big in the 90s. I mean, he had a cult following. He did movies yeah. like Sex, um, Drugs, or Sex Lives Videotape. And, but, I mean, he never got like Kiefer Sutherland or Robert Downey Jr. Big. True, 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 true. He's only true, like, true. really, really blowing up now. Like Boston Legal and that, and after that, that's like really his heyday. I mean, he kind of like did Stargate and did a couple films here and there, but he's mostly been an indie guy since like um, he took off as um, a kid actor. He did some movies um, um, in his early 20s with like John Cusack and stuff like, I think, oh man, what was that political movie him and Cusack were in that was really good? I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I forgot yeah, he, it. He did stuff like that. And then like throughout the 90s, he went straight into the indie scene, man. And he, he did, did all the Sundance films. Yeah, he did. Cause I agree with you. He he went. His career is like one of the weirdest careers of an actor that I've seen. And well, then he has the best kind. But fits him. <laughs> you know who else had a weird and, and same for what's his name too that was doing following uh, Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon career went and took a dive, but then he made a comeback when he did the following. Yeah, so but he's, he's the center of Hollywood, man. Like anybody that's ever worked has like. Like has done something with him, you know what I mean? Like he even has a game about it. So like Bacon, he did. He kind of slid for a little bit, but like what I've noticed is him and his wife they take turns. You know what I mean? You'll watch, you'll see for a while, and like he'll be doing all kinds of stuff, and then he'll disappear, and then Kira Sedgwick is like all over the place, and then she'll disappear, and Kevin Bacon comes back out. So I think they like take turns taking care of the kids or whatever. You know what I mean? Because that's like I've been noticing that a lot. Like because remember he he wasn't around too much like when she was on the closer, but like after she like quit the closer and that became major crimes he came out and had his show and so yeah. like i think that they kind of him and his wife kind of take turns is what, what's up with him that's true that is true because i never really thought i never looked at it in that perspective you're right you know because he do uh kind of switch off because i know bacon right now he's the hottest thing because of television the following was following this last season ah that was isn't it over yes yeah, over with that's the following's over with the last season that they had was was to me it was weak, you know. I'm not gonna lie. It was weak. Started off weak, man. Like I liked, I liked the actors in it. I liked Bacon. I like, I forget the um, English guy that was the mm-hmm. the bad guy. But like, I just I, the stories were so formulaic, and it was just really, it was really boring horror, man. Like Hannibal was a much better show, and I don't even oh, like. Oh it. yeah, superior, superior. That show actually Hannibal is way more superior than the following. Well, following kind of started off pretty. It started <laughs> off. Okay, that first season because it should have just it stopped at that first season. Once they went into a second season, I think that you tried to figure out what to do with Joe. The third season was Joe in prison, but then I did like the black dude from Barbershop. I forgot his name. Um, the light skinned brother. Um, 
dang it, his, his name. He was a brutal. Was that killer. the guy? Was like, that the guy that was in that movie? Uh, was in that movie that just came out not yeah, too long ago? The the perfect guy. That's him. That's was him. he? Was he? Was he the guy that was an almost human? Yeah, that's him. That's okay. Him, yeah, no, he's a he's a good actor. He, he oh man, you guys should famous. see his villainous role, man. He was the last villain on Following. He, he and then he played a he played a villain in the Perfect Guy, of course, too. That was um, his yeah, girlfriend. Was he trying yeah, to steal Morris Chestnuts? Uh, yeah, well, actually, he yeah he did steal Morris Chestnuts' girlfriend, but yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. God, what's the guy's name? I can't think of his name right now. Tay Diggs. No, no. no uh, <laughs> I forgot uh-huh. his name too. I know his name. My, uh, Michael Ma- Michael Ailey. Yeah, Michael Ailey. Yeah, Michael Ailey. Yeah. Yeah, Michael Ailey. Yeah, he did a good job as the villain, the, as the last villain for uh, the following. He was a brutal serial killer. Uh, he was a chameleon. This guy was like really, really scary. Of uh, that last part in, in uh, of following, but when Joe died, though, when Joe Carroll died, that was it for the show because they executed him, and I, I thought it was a pretty weak ending for the show and, and you know the characters were just mismatched all around Kevin Bacon was like Kiefer Sullivan's Jack Bauer they tried to make him the Jack Bauer of the FBI serial killer so it just wasn't working on many levels oh, so, so like they, 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 that's what they did with the later seasons they tried to make like it Hannibal meets 24 that's yeah that's what they was doing like when you go into the second and third season, it was basically that it was he was they was turning Kevin Baker's character into like uh, the, uh, to a Jack Bauer type character where he's this you know this this too badass to see if he had originality in that first season as an FBI agent you know burnt out you know it was it's kind of like there were all shows and movies you know trend it's like Die Hard for example you know you got a you know the, what was the beauty of Die Hard was Bruce Willis's character. You know, it was an average guy. You know, it was an average guy that got caught up in a situation on that tower. The second movie, kind of similar, but once you got into the third, fourth movie, and fifth movie, he's Superman. You know, this is Dan. Oh, the third film James was Bond great. Now. Like, I, no, I, I, I like it. No, no, I like the third film, okay. but you got to admit, it, it was unrealistic, though, at the same time. Well, it, it, he had, but he had Samuel L. Jackson helping him. Like, that's why I felt that he had better superpowers, because like, <laughs> I mean, it, was like, it was Sam Jackson just getting famous, but I mean, it's Sam Jackson nonetheless, man. Like, he really, I think he really, like, helped... John McClane like gained his superpowers in that movie. But you know what though, John, John, John Samuel's on crack, and I'm gonna leave it on that. This man, <laughs> he's on crack. You know, this man can't stop from taking roles. That's what I mean when I say taking roles. Oh no, 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 no. Yeah, he is. He is definitely the African American Nicolas Cage. He cannot <laughs> say no. <laughs> he said Nicolas Cage. <laughs> well, no, they both. They're both doing like all these straight to videos. Like every time I go to like the store, there's like a new Sam Jackson and a new Nick Cage straight to video movie, and I'm just like, yeah. And I always buy them too. So <laughs> same here. That's addictive, man. It's addictive. Just get their films. This, you know, this Nicholas Cage in it. Let's pick it up. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Let's pick it up. So big game with Sam Jackson. Oh yeah, getting that. <laughs> wow. And, and you know what's so yeah. funny though, Sam L. I got bust, but he is a drug. Addict though, he's a drug addict for these roles, man. He he can't say no, man. It's like he sits at the table, and you know you full. It's time to get up away from the table. He goes and he eats more food. So that's that's the game. That well, well, he's he's had that problem for a while. Like before now, he had what I call Brad Pitt syndrome, where like he was making like ten movies, and only like two of them would be good. 
And like the other eight would be like, yeah. But now he's even surpassed that. And he's like into that Nicolas Cage where like, yeah, man, this movie is about like a transvestite vampire that likes to hump vacuum cleaners. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be in that shit. You know, like Sam's down and like. Nicholas Cage didn't get this. Oh, cool! I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal this from Cage. You know, like I bet you that that's what's going on. You know, like he's just like, yeah, fuck you, Cage. I got one from out from under you. It's just like, yeah, but you don't want to be in that movie, Sam. But whatever. It's still, it it is what it is. That's the case. So you know, but they, they, they're still good actors at the end of the day. You know what I wonder though. Since Nicolas Cage was on like that remake of uh, Left Behind, do you think maybe they'll do one with Sam Jackson? Oh man! <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> uh, well, you know what? You know what though? The Left Behind series is based off of the those that movie is just the first in se- of several Tuck books. I think there was camp. like I think there were like five or six. Uh, maybe even more. Me, I, I don't ten. know. It's ten was, okay, yeah, ten books. Okay, well, there you go. So there's several stories, and there's a lot of places that uh, Samuel L. Jackson could fit in into that. So I'm I'm pretty sure that if they can get him, they will. I mean, wow. that'd be epic. I, I wouldn't mind. You know what? Though, I do. You guys, can I say this real quick? If you guys talked about, I know Jack will probably is going to crap on me. He's going to cook me down the road. But remember the Star Wars anthology movies? I had an ideal too for that. They should do a Mace Windu movie. I thought was semi. I really believe that they should too. I think I think an interesting twist on that would be if Mace Windu actually survived, and they show him in exile and everything. And it and the movie could kind of jump around time periods and show what. Mace Windu did after showed showed what he was doing before, where it could be like a prequel, a sequel, and everything in between. It could kind of be almost concurrent, kind of like what they did with uh, Three Hundred: Rise of an Empire, where the movie was kind of going concurrently with the first movie. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting. That'd be a good idea too. I wouldn't mind it. I know people want to see an Obi Wan Solo, which I, I'm against. By the way, I'm against the Obi. They'll probably Solo. do one though. I mean, it, it seems likely. Will, I, I bet you they're gonna. I bet you they're gonna test the waters we with know, this. We know what he did. After I bet Anakin. they're gonna test the waters with this Anakin and Obi Wan comic book. They're testing the waters we to see how, if there's. Like you he know. went and he lived in the desert by himself and learned how to do magic tricks and shit. I mean, like <laughs> it's not going to be an interesting movie. Like, no. at least, as far as I know, I mean, like for, from everything that I know from Star Tri- uh, Star Wars is that. Well, they Obi-Wan did a novel. Cut, cut. Anakin's legs off and left him in a volcano and then went and hidden in the desert. That's pretty much nah. it. Pow, pow. It, yeah, I, I agree with that. I concur. So it's the, uh, Obi-Wan concept is stupid. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to tell you why. Because you see Obi-Wan's origins, so to speak, in Phantom Menace. You got a story with Obi-Wan. Then by the time you get to Clone Wars, you know, he's in the middle of that. So, only way I can see an Obi-Wan movie is if they did one at the end of Phantom Menace, but then you have to get your McGregor back. But he, he's older. Well, he wants but, to do it. Well, then let him do one at the end of Phantom Menace. But don't try. I don't see where you could place him at. I, I really don't see where Obi-Wan movie will Well, that's even, the thing. is, I don't really want to see movies about the characters we already know. That's, exactly. That, that's boring. We have an entire universe. Why just spend it on characters we already know what happened to them because, from what we've seen in the other films? Han Solo like, should have a movie. Han Solo. Han, 
Yeah, it's, him, like him and Chewbacca doing At Stars End. Like, I love that book. Like, they should make a movie out of that. Or um, Boba Fett could have a movie. Those are like the two characters that I would watch. Hell, they could actually just give Chewbacca his own movie. That'd be gangster. But like, I don't really care about like seeing a Darth Maul movie. What he he got too big for his britches and got cut in half in his first lightsaber fight. He was not a cool character. People get over it. Nah, it was garbage. But and, and, and I'm gonna tell you something else about that. And yeah, again, you're the only one that agrees with me on that one because most people that Star Wars diehard Star Wars fans do not want to see a Boba Fett or a Han Solo movie. I never understood that because you could do anything with Boba Fett, and this is what's funny about this: you could actually either do a Boba Fett movie at the end of what Revenge of the Sith going into New Hope, or you could do a Bubble Fett movie from the end of New Hope going into Empire. You could just I mean, have it you could just have him screwing around any time period you want. Exactly. Even during like the a New Hope because like he didn't enter the um our spectrum until um uh, Empire Strikes Back. So I mean like he could have been kicking around. Yeah, I don't know if you agree, Zah. Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. I, I definitely uh, think it would be a good idea to do a film in in that time period or any time period like like Johnny was saying with Boba Fett. I, you know, what do you guys think about Michael B. B. Jordan possibly playing Boba Fett? I don't, I don't mind. I don't want them to ever take his mask off again. I thought that that was one of the coolest things about Boba Fett is like you did not know. That yeah, I agree. Clone. You didn't know. You didn't even realize he was a clone. We didn't know none of that until these prequel movies. I mean, Michael, oh, I, Michael B. Jordan's a hell of an actor. I mean, like, I never mm-hmm. held Fantastic Four against him. You know, he, that was just his buddy's movie. You know, like, I'd have did it too. So... Yeah, I don't mind him playing uh, Boba Fett either. So it, it doesn't matter to me if he plays Boba Fett. I think he's a decent actor. I'm going to see Rocky, uh, the new Rocky movie that he's going to be in, Creed. So I, I'm actually a fan of his work. I, I watched him on The Wire. So I remember him on the first season of The Wire. I thought he did an excellent job in that very first season of The Wire. So I'm actually, um, I've been following him for a lot of years. So I think he'd, he'd be perfect for Boba Fett. I think the brother could go and get a big budget movie and yeah, show I mean, like anybody anybody that really bitched about him being in fantastic four should just slap themselves because he was the only person that actually really acted in that entire film it was the best cast choice that they made in my opinion i don't I get it yet my bad he's actually really good like actually the kid that played um reed richards was okay for like the first half hour but like after they teleport and come back the movie just oh it's awful it could have been really cool if they didn't call it Fantastic Four and they just kept going on with that original storyline that, like, the first half hour of the film had. I, well, so you're saying uh, Chronicle Chronicle 2, the next phase? That's what well, I was thinking. It, it was already better. Like, the first half hour of that was better than the entire film of Chronicle. I hate that movie, man. Yeah, oh, this kid's, this kid's white trash and his dad beats him, so he's got to turn evil. Like, that's such fucking... And it just makes sense to have him have him try to be a cheap white imitation of Tetsuo from Akira. Let's see what we can have him do. Yeah. 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 I, just, I agree. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. No, and I, everybody seems to love Crinkle. I guess not anymore, though, because, like, you know, John Crinkle. Trank is <laughs> so I'm pretty sure, like, most people are going to have my kind of outlook on Crinkle now, but... Whatever. Josh Trank could come back. You know, he's got to, like, he's probably got to go back Indian stuff, but that's probably where he should have stayed anyways. Oh, he's gone. Oh, that's a wrap for Josh Trank. He's gone. They, I mean, Josh Trank, 
you know, he he's gonna be like uh, Landis in the minute. He's gonna be like, um, um, no, he's he's gonna be out making straight to video Sam Jackson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, it's a wrap. They blackballed him. Fox, believe it or not, they. And it, 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 you know, what I think it's messed up that they would do as much as I'm against the Fantastic Four movie that they made with the plot. But to butcher a director's vision, you know, was really a disgusting thing. To but even if it wasn't going to be faithful, okay, fine. But to take away somebody's creativity and then well, we don't know what it was like. I mean, I I don't trust execs any more than you do. But yeah. if they watched it and they thought it was so awful that they had to go and reshoot the even more awful end that they put in the film like i want to see how awful that ending was to tell you the truth man like i i'm terrified like i i, I wonder I, but i still want to see it man you know what i mean like i watch solo and shit so like i can i can i can make it through this but you know i i i don't know you know it's it's gonna be it's gonna be gruesome you know if they ever put it out like i'd like to check it out because you know, right, I did it. You might get on that director's cut. I'm sure they put out a, a garbage director's but cut. But I mean, the that. thing I, I do, I I feel bad for Josh Trank. And in a perfect world, like what happened to him shouldn't have happened. But when you work for a company, you don't come out and bash them, even if it is their fault, even if you're upset with what they did. When you work in Hollywood, you do not come out and bash the studio that you work for until long after the film's over. And you're, doing like the, and you're doing the 10-year anniversary, um, what's it called, commentary. Then you can bash the hell out of them all you want because it's obviously 10 years down the road and nobody gives a shit anymore. But, like, directly after the film, I mean, that's the same reason why Andrew Garfield hasn't been in shit since Spider-Man 2. He's proven that he's not a team player and then he'll buck the studio system at the first chance that he doesn't get his way, which I agreed with Andrew, Andrew Garfield, but he also shot himself in the foot when he comes out and does stuff like that. Like, Hollywood is a very fickle system mm -hmm. and it's a system. It's not art. That's the thing that a lot of people got to realize that, mm -hmm. sure, people have visions. People are artists in the medium, but they don't actually make the art that they want to unless you're like David Cronenberg and you take money that you make slowly and then you go make the movie that you want to make and then sell it to Samuel Goldwyn or something. Like there are a few people that do stuff like that. But I mean, the majority of people that make a film like Fantastic Four, he, he was never going to have any say over that damn film anyways. So him to come out like, I had this beautiful dream a year ago and they took it away from me on twitter like yeah dude flush your career down the toilet you retard because it just went away and with that you know what we're going to do we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be back with more on tonight's episode of the roundtable show on psn-radio.com Discount Comic Book Service, where you can save 40 to 75% off on new comics, collected editions, graphic novels, action figures, statues, and other one-of-a-kind items from DC, Marvel, Image, Dark Horse, Boom Studios, Top Cow, Dynamite, and many, many more. Go to www.dcbservice.com for easy ordering and fast delivery. Or you can visit our brick-and-mortar location at 10202-C Coldwater Road in Fort Wayne, Indiana. DCBS. Welcome home. Your kids share a bedroom with a sibling? Is dorm room privacy a problem? Introducing Privacy Pop, a new way to create a private and comforting space on your bed. Privacy Pop is a bed tent that fits over twin, twin extra long, full, and queen beds. Privacy Pop is your ticket to seclusion in crowded sleeping quarters. 
Privacy Pop is the perfect holiday gift for the youngster who likes building forts and cramped college dorm rooms. Log on to privacypop.com and see how this unique sleeping system easily pops out from a small carrying case. Easy to store and simple to set up. Privacypop.com. That's privacypop.com. The perfect holiday gift for your grandchildren or your own kids who want a fun bed fort. Choose their favorite color. See this unique sleeping system now. Act now for a limited time offer. Use promo code RADIO in the checkout cart for free shipping. Log on to privacypop.com. Use promo code RADIO for free shipping. Are we ready to blast off? Ignition. Full trust. Uh, uh, Recent uh. polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S., uh, should help South Africa, and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries, so we will be able to build up our future. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Four thousand seven hundred thirty-four UFO sightings in 2007 854 abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens and hundreds more unreported in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years and only one trusted source of information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOstore.com Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it. And we are back on tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. And during the break, we were discussing a little bit about Ghostbusters. And California guy here was talking about how he is on board for the 
female iteration of Ghostbusters. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that their uh, California guy? Yeah, bridesmaids guy. That's your. That's no, your... no, no. It's, it's not because I'm on board with it. I just, I said I came around to it, even though before I say this, I know I'm gonna get, I am gonna get cooked by trolls. Callie but, McCarthy over here. Go ahead and tell us. No, how no. I, I, it's not even the females that's on the team. It's just that I feel that we're not gonna get that original. Oh, team it's because Chris Hemsworth's in it. Okay. Nothing to do with Chris Hemsworth. But I just think that we need to just sit back. I think you have a lot of nostalgic fans out there. You know, you got to let some things go. You know, some things just got to be let go. And I love Ghostbusters, too. I've seen it at the movies and seen both of them at the movies back then. I've had the slime can. I had the proton pack and I've loved the characters. I love Peter Vakeman. But I just think now, you know, it's just I think Ghostbusters is going to be a a hit. I think that's going to be a sleeper like Jurassic Park. I don't know why I just get this feeling that Ghostbusters... I think Jurassic that, Park you know, was fans... not a sleeper hit. That movie made like a billion dollars in 13 days, man. That is that's like a sleeper. That movie is like one of the highest grossing movies of all time right that now. That thing hit the ground guys... running, son. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this question. Did you guys think last year Jurassic Park was going to be this kind of a hit. Nobody thought that last summer. Last summer, you guys thought... I still thought, don't know why. That movie was pretty awful. It was, it was a sleeper. It was a stinker, but it was not a sleeper. I mean, that thing that thing made a billion dollars in 13 days. Dude, that's incredible. That's, like, unheard of. It's the highest-grossing film ever, right, Zod? Yeah, it's one of the highest grossing films of all time right now. And, I think and, it's and, just. And I think it's just. Opening. I think it's just behind. I think it's just behind Titanic. Really, I didn't even know that. Uh, yeah. that's right. It had the biggest opening ever, and then it made a it made the billion dollars quickest because it did it like in two weeks, which is like unheard of. But you know, it's just that you know, I, I came around to. It. I don't really support. It. I, I'm gonna check it out, but I'm not gonna bash it. No more. I bash Ghostbusters enough. So it's just not one of those things. And then they took so long on the project. But I, I have some theories on why it got fast track. I was telling you guys on the break. I think because of the Marvel deal. No, I, I still say it's because of the Sony Marvel deal that that Ghostbusters got fast track and they tr- traded certain things in it. Because it's still a lot of fans they cheerleaded Spider Man coming over to Marvel without knowing the deeper details. Why Spider Man? I don't think people really read that. I think some websites covered it, but it's it's a deeper reasoning why uh, Marvel and Sony, because you guys got to think, Marvel is not getting no money to produce that next Spider-Man movie. They're getting nothing. Feige is doing that for peanuts. Marvel, Sony stands to make money not only off the ticket sales, but off of Spider-Man merchandise. Still. So Marvel don't really well, get nothing out of it. But also, when Marvel uses Spider-Man or his character, or the, um, his villains and characters, Sony doesn't get any money from that if it's a Marvel production. See, it goes hand in hand depending on who's making what film. No, so, no, yeah, no, no, no. If went ahead, total... Feige went ahead, made the deal, and like, yeah, Iron Man's going to be in the first um, uh, Spidey movie, but like, they're going to be able to use like um, Norman Osborn and all the the villains all no, over the Marvel Sony. universe without no, 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 having no. to pay Sony for it. No, they got to pay Sony. Marvel got to pay them. Anything that Marvel do film wise, that they own. The rights to Spider-Man, like merchandising, because I do, I think they own the merchandising part. So I could just send that to Zod's. That is playing with you, Zod, but no. And TV rights, which is we're going to talk about the TV rights for stuff when we get into the the bunk Fantastic Four news from this week. So okay, okay, but I I shorten it there real quick. Spider-Man, they the uh, Sony got the rights to anything film-wise with Spider-Man. Marvel has to get permission from Sony. 
They Marvel, the next Spider-Man movie is a joint movie, kind of like what they did with Universal with the Hulk. So it's going to be a joint movie. But yes, they have permission for the next couple of movies, starting with this uh, Civil War with Spider-Man. But it's still, Sony uh, still controls the character, basically. It still controls it, and Marvel gets nothing. And plus, uh, Marvel sent producers like the uh, Russo brothers over there to do films for them. So they it's untitled films for Sony. So they, they, they went and they put the crucifix up just to get Spider-Man, basically. Marvel sold their souls just to get Spider-Man. Hopefully Civil War makes the money it makes because they did a lot to get Spider-Man. I, and I didn't even want him, dude, to tell you the truth. I didn't, like, I didn't want him either. Like, because, like, you know, Civil War is already going to be crammed full of shit. We already know, like, all kinds of people are going to be in there. Like, did we really need to have Spider-Man stuck in there, too? I mean, like, Vision and these smaller characters, they're barely making it into these films. And now we have Spider-Man to contend with, which, you know, like, all we're missing is now is Wolverine. And then, like, we wouldn't even see Captain America in the films anymore because it'd be the Wolverine and Spider-Man show all the time. Like, when Bendis was writing his awful fucking Avengers comic. That's true. That is true. So, I don't know. I don't want to stay on that. Zachary, you guys could go on that the topic because I, I covered the rest later though i don't want to get too deep but i i just say this before you move to the next topic if marvel does not deliver one billion dollars for civil war next year that's the end of marvel that's gonna be the end of their movies going you forward you don't think that movie's gonna make a billion dollars oh, i know it's gonna make a billion i said if it doesn't i i i don't have faith in it i support civil war but if they because i noticed that with with wb with batman versus superman a lot of people say out there oh if batman versus superman don't do this then it's X Y Z. Oh, it's guaranteed going to make. Old man yeah. versus stupid man's going to make a billion dollars. No, yeah, that's I know that. absolutely. It's going to make it just as I, I think it's going to surprise people because it's probably going to do Jurassic Park type money. You really? Yeah, I, mean, I think so too. Oh, I agree. Uh, man, you and your DC fanboy shit. Like it's going to do really good, but I don't think it's going to be as big as Jurassic Turd was. Yeah, we have to see about there's that. No Chris, I don't know. There's no Chris Pratt in it. You know what I mean? Like, at least Chris Pratt's charming. Tell me anybody who's as charming as him that's an old man versus. Oh, man. come on. You know how charming Jesse Eisenberg is. to make fun of Ghostbusters, Daryl. I'm too busy making fun of the red capes. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? With pulling aside, though, on this part. If uh, on the serious tip, and I think I covered it, plug, plug on, on some of my stuff on my previous show. If Don, if Civil War does not generate that, and I think it will, if it doesn't generate a billion, Marvel's in trouble because they went, they split companies, by the way, with Kevin Feige. He went at it with the president of Marvel Comics. He reports directly to, uh, uh, what's his name, that idiot. Uh, for Disney Motion Pictures, so Marvel Studio people is now separate. People was clapping for that, but it's a bad thing because you don't have the comic book company working with the film company. That's what made Marvel Studios unique. It's a bunch of things going bad over there at Marvel, and people is like accepting the stuff that's going on. I'm like, no, they should have the comic book writers working with the film people, and I didn't understand why they split. So that's A, then getting Spider-Man over there. So it's a few things. So if that movie doesn't make that money, and it does like Age of Ultron, Marvel needs to rethink uh, some of their... Age plans. of Ultron made a... Age of Ultron made uh, just slightly under the first Avengers. Man, yeah, it, but, that, that was it, a big selling movie. Yeah, but it, critically, it got critically panned, though. No, it, it made this money, but it, it got... I think cri- all the superhero movies get critically panned. I think I think the Dark Knight's the only comic book movie that critics blow on a daily basis, bro. No, Avengers people love. No, no, no. Avengers 1, 
People love Avengers one. I not think critics. That... People did, and not not the Yahoo guys that gave it like a thumb and a half up and stuff like that's not. Yeah, a but good I don't remember. Run. If Zaka correct me, I don't remember negativity with Avengers one. It was more negativity with Age of Ultron than maybe Age was... of Ultron was was all negative most of the time because it 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 underperformed as far as story in terms of critically. But yeah, I agree that you know the first uh, Avengers movie didn't though. It was more positive, definitely. But it, you have to remember, it was the first time there was a movie like that where you had everybody together like that. Where the second film. It was like they did the same thing over again, just not as just not as good, and it was just not as surprising because you guys just did all that with the with the Avengers. So I don't know. Well, they, cut out, they cut out all the fight scenes with the Falcon yeah. and stuff. Like honestly, like I don't know what Marvel's idea was that they like, went and let Joss Whedon go and make uh, Heaven's Gate, the Avengers edition. And yeah, yeah. Just that <laughs> exactly. down to a ninety-minute version. It's like, okay, well, why did you let him go shoot a six-hour movie if you were going to just cut it? And you know what I mean? It's I like, mean, they actually could have made. If they wanted to, apparently, based off of you know the reports we've been hearing about Age of Ultron, Age of Ultron could have been split into two films. Could have been a Netflix series, and, and they might as well. <laughs> they might as well have. Think about it. They might as well have, and they could have did both books. They could have did Age of Ultron, and then the one that comes after that, uh, Ultron's Revenge or whatever it is. The Rage of Ultron. Rage of Ultron. Yeah, they could have did that. I mean, why not? I mean, you, you had enough footage. <laughs> But yeah, you know what, like, guys, that, that led to the split, though. But see, that led to Feige falling out. I mean, Kevin Feige. Because, because they booted Whedon because he was yeah. a tribe. Yeah, and that's what led to the split. See, a lot of fans, this is going underreported on, on Collider and many websites, is that the reason why they had that falling out was because of Age of Ultron. It really started with there, and it started with them panicking. With Civil War, with with Feige wanting to put Robert Downey and kiss his butt and his ring, putting him back in as a co-star war, a co-starring role in Age in Civil War. So it all started back with that, and then getting Spider Man. Because you couldn't you couldn't do Civil War without Iron Man. I mean, you might as well, you might as well just do it, any other storyline because if you do like Civil War without having Cap fight Iron Man, you might as well. I mean, it would make no sense. You know, it'd be like making Jim and the holograms with no superpowers. It then was the plot, but see, here's the thing. Captain America 3 was not set for Civil War. See, that's the thing. Yeah, no, it was supposed to be Fallen Sun, right? Is what it was originally Yeah, it was going to be Fallen Sun. It was never going to be a Civil War concept. That was something Feige... Yeah, no, actually... Well, and I remember remember them saying a long time ago that they would never do Civil War because Civil War was too complicated of a story. They weren't going to do it. I mean, it was awful, man. Mark Millar should get his forehead slapper right in that crap. I mean, it it was was done, you know, and and I, you know, I always I promote the audios all the time for a good reason. They graphic audio had created a version of did a version of Civil War that followed the comic to a T and had all the characters and it was fantastic. And I don't I just don't see how you're going to have an what you're going to have in the films is you're going to have an overbloated movie well, we filled have, with so many have. people that we don't need. I mean it's yeah. Well, I mean, we don't even, I, I don't even know how the war is going to sp- sp- start up because in the comic it was a mutant that accidentally freaked out and blew up a school. 
So, I mean, like, I, 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 they're probably going to tie in the crappy Inhumans because Kevin Feige and his awful agents of shit show are just shoving the Inhumans up our ass, no matter whether we want them or not, because obviously we don't have the X-Men, so we need to have the in-crappy humans all over the Now, place. aren't we getting an X-Men TV series? But, the, wait, that's going to no, come no, no, from no, no, Fox. No. I'm getting all this stuff confused. See, now, this is getting into our big story of the week, the okay. ticket-ass story of the... Marvel was going to get the Fantastic Four back by trading Fox the TV rights for X-Men, which as soon as I read that detail, I knew that was horseshit because Marvel wants the X-Men back. They wouldn't be trading off the one big foothold they have left for a failed film um, concept. You know what I mean? Like, sure, they can take Reed Richards and they can make put him into the fold and they can try to do the Illuminati, but I think it's a little too late to try to introduce Reed Richards into the Marvel Universe as it is now, and there's no way that they're going to sell off any more of the X-Men without trying to get some some of it back into the MCU. So this whole idea that they were going to give the TV rights over to Fox for the Fantastic Four... Eh-eh. No, 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 no. Yeah, but Fox, but Fox will just do their Fox will just do what they've been doing with the X Men. Only they'll do it with TV, right? I mean, they're gonna. I mean, it, it would make more sense because no, Fox has and is for their, their TV thing. They're gonna start over. They're gonna like do a whole like um kind of like Smallville, but like X Men. Oh, okay. So oh, the school God, I, for I the really gifted. Hope, it'll be yeah. Hope they don't do the Brian Singer X Men. It's like that is such horse shit. And like the X Men really need a reboot more than sequels. So like I, that's why I'm kind of excited about this TV thing, even if it is done by Fox. Because oh wait, if it's a good show on Fox, they'll just cancel it. The fuck am I thinking? Oh. But yeah, like I, I want an X Men show, but like I don't know if Fox can do it because like Fox has a hard time with not canceling good shows on their channel. So, ah, we'll see. It'll 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 be well, it it'll happens. be a surprise if it ever happens. <laughs> but if it ever happens, then we know then we know that it's the truth though, because then they're gonna Marvel's gonna bust out with Fantastic Four. So you, you know, you know yeah. without a doubt, no, it is completely true that Marvel and Fox are in negotiation for the TV rights. They have been for a long time, and there might be like a little shred of truth that some intern came running out and yelling about and and started that rumor. But that that's not that's not all of it. Marvel's not just going to get some whack, you know. That's not how Disney rolls. Disney's not going to just walk away with some failed film franchise for their last foothold in the X-Men. No, no. What they're going to do is they're going to take that and then they're going to do for Fantastic Four what they did for Daredevil. And they'll do a Netflix TV series and it'll be crazy good, you know? That's what I'm hoping that they will do. you think anybody would want to watch it, though? I mean, like... Oh, yeah! Especially if it's done... Especially if it's done right. I want to watch it, but, like... I'm talking about your average person that's going to be like, oh, man, that Fantastic Four movie sucked. I read about that on Yahoo. You know what I mean? Like, and they're not going to give the show a chance because they're going to be like, where's Michael B. Jordan? They're not even going to get this part right from that crappy movie that I'm not going to watch it. You know what I mean? It's you got to re- remember that there's a lot of mouth breathers out there, man. Well, they need to do what they need to do. They need to woo people with the trailers the way they did with Daredevil to get the taste of these bad films out of out of our mouths and just show us that hey we're doing Fantastic Four justice over here. This even is what Fantastic they, Four is supposed to be. And they put it on Netflix. Even if it's on Netflix, they better have Chris Evans all up in that movie uh, on that show. I, that'd be so funny. I'd make him be if I was Kevin Feige. I'd be like, yeah, Evans, you, you got to go to Netflix. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be hanging out the Fantastic Four. <laughs> have a good time, buddy. <laughs> uh. 
Guess who's playing Human Torch again? <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't make him the Human Torch, but I'd like definitely have like Cap hanging out with him all the time, and like maybe <laughs> jokes about how lame that name is and stuff. Or oh yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, California guy, would you like to see a Netflix Fantastic Four TV show? Yeah, I, you know, I would. Let me see. I'd rather see a oh, Netflix X Men show, though. I'll tell you. That. I heard they're de- I heard they're developing Moon Knight too. By the way, on, on the Netflix news. topic. That, that's good so. news on that. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Fantastic Four should be a Netflix show. I think they should. They should be, be on ABC. They would be perfect. Not, no, no, no. I was going to say they shouldn't. They, they should retire the character. No, no. They should re- put them on ice for like six years. Let the stench of this last movie go away. Uh, this, 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 uh, let the rights, and I think, man, I don't know if this is going to shock you guys to say I love the Fantastic Four, but they shouldn't make a movie until, like, well into Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think they should phase them in, because you still can make that into a film. They could take the Avengers place, actually, if you really think about it, because if you get the Avengers, if people get too bored of the Avengers, you could do a galactic so you're, st- you're talking about, like, um... Folding in the the future foundation, basically having them bring in like She Hulk and Black Panther. Yes, yes, and, they and, need and, to. And, yeah, they, and, and have Galactus. Yeah, and Galactus could be the vocal point because Thanos. They use Thanos kind of in the last couple of phases. Now you got Phase One, Phase Two, and Thanos was a plot point, and it's going into Infinity Gauntlet. So now with Phase Three. You could instead retire the Avenger. You know what you could do? You could cameo Robert Downey if he's still down at the time, or Chris Evans in a Fantastic Four movie. But I really do think that they could do a hardcore Fantastic Four movie. Just do it in Phase Three, and that could take the spot of the Avengers for a while. They could just do their first movie, Facing the Scrolls or Doctor Doom or something, and that could be like Chapter One or whatever. That could be something unique for the. Well, MCU. we know. Here's the thing, though. We know. We know if Marvel does it, it's going to be. It's going to be good. They're going to they're going to make it. They're going to make it up to the standards of what they've of the kind of products they've been putting mm-hmm. out. Or else they wouldn't be negotiating so hard to get it back. So mm-hmm. they probably got some really good ideas for it. I'm not well, I'm not worried. I'm not worried about it if it's going back to Marvel. Yeah. I mean, there's no well, I also th- I also think that it would be great like on just network TV. It would offset the shows like Flash that DC has. See, they got, they've, got, they've, got, they've got that whole wholesome superhero, feel-good family thing going on. Oh, no, they're too and epic. The fam- they're and too epic. Who, the Fantastic Four? They're too epic for TV, I think. I think that you should utilize them on film. I mean, I think Spider-Man should be... It's going to shock you guys, but I think Spider-Man should be on television versus the Fantastic Four because there's so many different storylines you could no, maybe I, do. I just, I just think that Marvel needs to have a superhero on TV, period, because these crappy spy shows that they, they keep putting out are awful. And they have really no well. I mean, that's why that's why they ha- they do. They have a great superhero show. They have Daredevil. Daredevil, which... not a TV show. That's on Netflix. I'm talking about something that's on network, bro. Something because just like most people like me do not consider that a TV show. It does not air at the across from the Flash. You know what I mean? And okay, it... you said TV show. Okay, here's one that you could kind of do then, since you're saying just fun on TV. Let's think of some Marvel characters. I don't think the Fantastic Four should be TV though, because I think it's still too much money, too much special effects every week. I just don't see them keeping up with that. But here's some other I could say alternatives to that. Maybe like Cloak and Dagger, you could put on television. 
of ABC. You could do Cloak and Dagger in the they're, MCU. They're too dark, though. See, I want the Fantastic Four is perfect because they're cheesy. They're wholesome. They're family. They got the bad puns. You know what I mean? They got the... They got I don't the... know. I don't know. Ant-Man could be a prequel. You could do prequel Ant-Man show for ABC or... or... Ant-Man would have been a great TV show. Yeah, Ant-Man really would have. I acted there after seeing that film, I, I felt like it was like a pilot for a TV show. It could have been. Easily. Yeah. You could do Ant-Man as a prequel, Zod, too. Check this out. Yeah. You could do a prequel Ant-Man TV show. You could show him going on adventures like they do Agent Carter. You could do it in the 60s. Uh, recast the actor to play the Michael Douglas role, and you could actually do a Ant-Man TV show. Because it don't take too much special. I, I just don't think the Fantastic Four work on TV, though. Because there's too many special effects you have to do in that film, in that show. You, you're not going to be able to put Galactus on TV or the scrolls. Or maybe Doom, but I just don't see some of those concepts making. I think they're too. Again, they're too. I think those are movies. That, that's their yeah, life, by the way. You're talking about putting X Men on TV. Talk about epic. Talk about powers but, and and big fights. Yeah, but X Men. I think that's a different story, though, because I, I can see a Galactus film. I can see a Fantastic Four versus Galactus taking the spot, being the next attack on New York from Avengers. I kind of could see that. So, I don't know. Maybe you guys are right on the TV angle, but I don't know. I could see Ant-Man on TV as a prequel, well, I, you know, I just, like in the 70s. I just know that Marvel actually needs to have a superhero on Ant-Man. It. I did say Ant-Man should be the next TV yeah, show. That, that would be great. I never even thought about them doing a Hank Pym uh, prequel show on they, they would just go ahead and cancel Agents of Shit and yeah. Agents Carter and put that on. Like, Michael Douglas even has a kid that kind of looks like him, so I mean... Perfect. That's a show that'd be on point. If you get an Ant, an Ant Man TV show, you could utilize some elements of Shield because remember he has stuff to do with Shield. That's one thing that was fascinating about Ant Man, by the way, was that he had history. You know, this this character had history before Iron Man one, and at the end of Captain America, there's a missing history to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you really don't. Only Agent Carter. You kind of you know I don't know what the hell. That is, but you kind of get that sense with Agent Carter that they're showing like an origin. But by the last couple episodes, yeah. But I mean, like that show was just so slow burning at the beginning, and that whole yeah. thing, like, oh, they won't let me do anything. It's so terrible to be a woman in the forties. But hey, look, there's a black guy that owns a hotel. But oh, they won't let me do anything because I'm a woman. It's like, are, if you're going to try to do this this suffrage period piece, then make it accurate completely. I mean. I found that just show really ridiculous at most points, but it really did pick up. And by the time it was over, that's exactly where it actually kind of should have started, in my opinion. But uh, I'm really excited about the the next season that's going to be starting up. It might oh, yeah. be good, but I mean, it might be as awful as Agents of Shield season two was. So I mean, we got but that. You know what? Agents has some good points. They they had concepts though. I, you know what? I will say a lot of people hate it, but I love it because Agent Carter. Because in this universe, because we know the Marvel comics, all of us on this uh, show, we, we all, and people listed, but they got some familiarity with the comics at one point, or major Marvel, and Johnny, you're a major Marvel person. But, so when you read Marvel, you pretty much know their history. You know that Nick Fury was the Howling Commandos, you know how S.H.I.E.L.D. was started, so with the movie universe, it's still vague, basically. It's still kind of vague because it's for film, so their universe is kind of interesting a little bit, seeing how they placed it. Because we all know that there was no Agent Carter that established no damn S.H.I.E.L.D. We all could say well, that. Well, I mean, she was there. There was Agent 13 or whatever in the old, old, oh, yeah. old, 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 old
that that entire idea and that character did not get revisited until Ed Brubaker started yes. writing, and um, Sharon Carter, her granddaughter, became Cap's hand, shield handler. Oh, and yeah, that's, no, where yeah. this, that's where this whole Carter family legacy is kind of... What came from Stan Lee? What came from Stan Lee? You know what came from really... Well, I mean, well, and- I mean, it, it really got pushed into the public view, and, got, and that's the reason why it's in films right now, though, is yeah. because Ed Brubaker's run. Oh yeah, and Brubaker helped to establish the character. Even, but you know what? I can even go deeper than that. It comes from Englehart. Because remember, Steve Englehart, Englehart started that angle up with when he bought Agent Carter back. Because originally, in tells in tells of suspense, Agent Carter was Agent, like you said, Agent Thirteen. So she actually appeared in early Cap stories when Jack Kirby and Stanley originally did those stories. It just she was unknown character. She was just a female that liked Cap in World War Two, and then. As time went on, they had Agent Carter, Agent 13, and they gave her Sharon Carter. And so, again, as years went by and she became Cap's girlfriend, then they had to give her a backstory. And that's when they came up with the uh, Peggy Carter character. Peggy Carter reappeared when Steve Englehart brought her back with Dr. Uh, Fatus, where he had her as a hostage. And they gave her a backstory saying she lost her memory. It was lame to me, but it said she lost her memory and, you know, she came back as Agent uh, Peggy Carter. Was trying to find herself in the seventies and all that stuff there, which they retoned it. Which Brubaker and them, they retoned that ideal out of there, out of continuity, because originally Peggy Carter and Sharon Carter were sisters, so they made it to where she's like a great aunt or something, some stuff like that. But yeah, you're right. They Brubaker made it more, but it, but Ridley Shield was made by Tony Stark, though. Everybody should know that one. Tony Stark created Shield. He created it for Nick Fury. That was. How, I mean, Howard Stark is taking uh, uh, Tony Stark's place. So there, you know how that is. The comic books change. Well, it's really oh, interesting. Definitely. Well, there's not, there's actually really not supposed to be a Howard Stark. I mean, like he just was missing, and until um, Jonathan Hickman wrote his Shield, and we found out that him and Franklin, um, what's his, Franklin Richards, were actually lost in time, and they were actually went back to the really? beginning of history and like started actually in the um, Jonathan Hickman um, Shield book. Like Shield's been around since um, the dawn of history. Like the Egyptians and the Chinese started it when the first aliens attacked. So See, they it, it's really home. neat. Yeah, well, that like Hickman is a lot like Brubaker, and he likes to play around with history, and he loves science. So, yeah. like, and he wanted to do something with characters that nobody knew about. So, like, yeah, he grabbed um, Howard Stark and um, Franklin Richards, and he did this really a- a- awesome epic. Like, if you haven't read it yet, man, get Hickman's Shield yeah. graphic novel. It's it's epic, dude. It's I'm gonna like, check I it have... out. I'm gonna check out. So she's at. you know, only thing I I never was a Shield person though. Me reading more. Me neither. Yeah. I bought it because Jonathan Hickman wrote it. Yeah, I'm going to get it because you say it's good because I, I never really was a person interested in, like, I know about S.H.I.E.L.D. because of reading, like, Avengers and Spider-Man and X-Men. Now, now, what, now, Johnny, what's this one called? Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. The Architects of... Architects of Mystery or Architects of... Here, um, here, let me look it up. I'm going to go Spidey 2029 on this one. Oh, okay, cool. for the information. <laughs> uh, you guys go ahead and talk about me really quick. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been a Shield person though. Only thing I knew about Shield was that Nick Fury uh, and Tony Carter started it up. So I mean, that's originally what I've known. But I never really got deep into Shield history and just was a Shield person. Still not. I'm still not a Shield person. I just know about it. So yeah, I, yeah, I've never it's really gotten all that into Shield either. Architects of Forever. Architects of Forever. Okay, yeah, cool. Shield. Here, I'm going to post the Amazon link for you if you want to. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely pick it up. 
Yeah, I never was a big Shield person myself, so I just, you know, when it came to that book, I think I read some issues off the norm. No, I, I'm like you, man. If I'm gonna read like a spy or noir book, like I'm gonna go and like get like something to come out of Dark Horse or Image. It's actually yeah, me like too. genre specific. You know what I mean? It's not like some superhero horse di- um horse shoehorned in spy drama you know what I mean like that can be fun and I had fun with it when Ed Brubaker did his run on Cap but I mean that's it's, I, I, if I'm going to read an espionage comic like I'm going to get something like Velvet or something that Greg Rucka wrote you know what I mean like, oh yeah yeah, I'm with you. Oh, that's cool. I I just got it. I got I just got it on my Kindle right now. That's awesome. Five ninety four. Awesome. Zod, you work fast. That's not a bad. That's not a bad <laughs> price. Yeah, that's not a bad price, man. One click that. Check that out. That'll be a good read. Hey, Zod, what was you talking about with Back to the Future? Because I we, we we you said you're gonna mention Back to the oh, Future. Oh yeah, yeah. We could we could go a little bit into that uh, if we're done talking about Marvel for a little bit. Um, well, Wednesday is Back to the Future Day. Where we, where it's the actual date from Back to the Future 2 when Marty and Doc actually come into 2015. And there's going to be all kinds of, apparently, all kinds of things coming out that day that are going to be like, you know, mementos and things celebrating that, that date. Like, Pepsi is actually going to be putting out uh, Pepsi. Perfect, yeah. Pepsi Perfect. And you're going to get, uh, I believe Nike is unveiling, is going to unveil the uh, power laces, the shoes with the power laces. And you're going to have the, what else? A trailer for Jaws 29, right? Jailer, uh, a full full trailer for Jaws 19. 19, 19. And there's going to be something, there was a teaser for Jaws 19 already that's been out for a while, but apparently there's going to be a full trailer for that. And then they said uh, something about a hoverboard, some mumblings about a hoverboard. So oh, all sorts of things. I don't know. Some people have already gotten the Pepsi Perfect and said that it just tastes, it's regular Pepsi, but it just, they use real sugar for it. Oh, I, I, I drink that all the time. It's, so it's basically the throwback Pepsi. The throwback Pepsi, but it's done, uh, what, what's the extra ingredient besides the real sugar? There's some other oh. extra ingredient they're throwing in there, but I don't know. I, I Yeah, the throwback, I, every time you, I drink it, I get really, really wired, so I don't buy it very often. Oh, no, I, I, I can't drink regular Pepsi. I hate the cinnamon taste in it, but I like the throwback, especially the cherry throwback. That shit's good. Yeah, yeah. Even the even the Mountain Dew throwback is pretty good too. I think it's a lot better than the stuff that they the normal stuff that they sell now. But you know, tasting better, notwithstanding, it's going to be in that cool uh, Back to the Future two uh, type type bottle and everything. So it's going to be interesting to see what what all else comes out of Back to the Future Day. Oh, and there's a full length commercial with car commercial with. Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd discussing all of the things that have come to pass from Back to the Future 2 in our reality. So, I, I don't know. I, I, if, they're, if they're not announcing... But see, my thing is this. If they're not announcing Back to the Future 4, I, I really could, could care less. Would you really want to see a Back to the Future 4, though? But, well, see, the they're, ta- they're talking about it because of the fact that... Uh, um, it'll be weak if he shows. It'll be. They're talking about it now. There's mumblings about it again now because Christopher Lloyd went on record recently and said that he would love to do Back to the Future. Four, Ooh, so. Boo! Boo! And, yeah. and he actually, and he also Chris said, gonna be in it too, and right? he also He's said, and he also, with some Raptors. And he also said that, uh, and he also said that uh, he believes that that Mike. 
Michael J. Fox would do it too, in spite of. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'd love to. I mean, like he's got a horrible disease, but like he works as much as he can. So I bet if like he could pull it off, I bet you Michael J. Fox would want to be involved in it. But it just sounds like an awful project at this it point. It is. In it's, time. it's garbage. It, it's too late. Well, well see, then there was that. There was that video game. The video game came out and. It was, and they released a special version of that. They call it Back to the Future, the, the game. The Nintendo game? The 30th Anniversary Edition. No, this is an actual game that was was produced in 2010 by Telltale Games. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it, Johnny. It uh, actually has all the cast members from the original, from Back to the Future. And they did it in, I believe, uh, five, so five it's episodes. So Ghostbuster game, okay. It's like, uh, you know, like the Game of Thrones video game that's out it's now. Like the point and, click, game? point and click, point of click, point and click, where you to make your decisions and stuff. Like, uh, oh, so it, it's like old style. It's like Zork Nemesis and shit. Like old you, you school. point, you, you know, you point and click, and it, it makes the and it's you know, it, it has the. It's really, it's really quite, quite good. I mean, you should definitely. I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, the the um, the producers and the the writers of Back to the Future from the movies were involved in the production, so or the game it's is like actually Evil the Dead. closest. It's like it's like Evil Dead, how that is, but their games. Yeah, the Evil Dead like, games are awesome. Like the Walking, like like the Walking Dead video oh, game, no. where you can Man, you point, point and Evil click the, the tell the Telltale games. You know, Does the, Walking the point Dead and click. have video games? Are you kidding me? Is it like one yeah? Of there's the- a there's a game that's based off the comics where you know it's point and click, and you you, you make you know your decisions that you make in the game. You know, dictate where the game goes and all that. It's like uh, so. It's like a boring but, version of Fallout where you don't get to shoot people in the head. I gotcha. Um, I don't know, man. You, I mean, you should really check it out. Like it's uh, let me, let which me which to... one? The, the Back to the Future? Because I'm not playing no walking shit game, dude. No, the Back to the Future okay. game, man. We're talking about Back to the Future. Okay, right okay, now. okay. No, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to give you an example of something that you may have seen that that was like it. Surprisingly. Um, uh, dude, I'm not a hardcore gamer, and like I don't play like online games at all, dude. Like I basically like play stuff like Killer is Dead and like the Fallout games and shit. I'm not, I'm not like um, Crossfire where I'm all nuts about like, ooh, PlayStation's got this coming out. I mean, like, I don't follow it, man. I just kind of casually and like I like weird <laughs> off titles. You know what I mean? I don't play like big shit. Well, this is actually well. The Back to the Future game is actually Telltale Games, I guess, to date, uh, best-selling uh, product ever because of you know the success of it. But let me try to find. I'm just trying to find something to give you, to give you, and you know something to check out so you can so you can see what I'm talking. So they got about it for the 360. Yes, they do. Okay, I'll just go pick it up. They'll probably they, they, they should have it. They've got it. Right? They've got yeah, yeah, the 30th anniversary edition. It yeah, it just that just hit GameStop. The 30th anniversary edition just hit GameStop last week. Okay, then so, I'll, I'll go pick that. And up. And, it, and it's notable for being when they first put the game out in 2010, Tom Wilson who plays Biff was unavailable to do the voice of Biff for that game. And then for the 30th anniversary edition, they were able to get him. Oh, so he is. So he is back as Biff Tannen. So you have, you have a guy that sounds exactly like Michael J. Fox, who does the voice for Marty McFly. You have Christopher Lloyd, and you have Michael J. Fox himself, who was able to come back and was able to do, uh, do a few voices for the game. 
in surprise cameos. And then you also have, you know, Tom Wilson. Claudia Wells, who originally played uh, Marty McFly's girlfriend, Jennifer Parker, in the first game, is back as Jennifer Parker for this video game. Um, they have, yeah, they have just about, you know, just about everybody came back for the game. And the score, the music was done, you know, just like the movie and everything. I mean, it was, it was it's incredible. So, so it's basically is, um, a, a, like almost like a direct sequel to the first one, or is, is it's it, a direct it's a direct sequel to Back to the Future. It follows Back to the Future three, but it's it's like a direct it's like a direct sequel to the entire trilogy. Like it basically you're okay. they're in they're in, when the game starts off they're in. Marty is ha- is asleep having a nightmare in 1986 and he wakes up from his nightmare and his nightmare the, he he's having a nightmare about some of the events from the original back to the future and he wakes up from his nightmare and that's the start of the game it's it's really well done i, I think you'll enjoy it as a, as a back to the future original back to the future fan cuz a, lo- a lot of the stuff that you get out of this game harkens more back to the original film than anything else. At no point do they go into the fictional 2015 or do they go to the Old West or anything like that. The okay, is, so like Doc Brown's kids that have like a time-traveling train and shit don't show up in it? They're not in it. No, that they're not oh, in it at all. But in, fact, in fact, in fact, that cartoon Doc's, that they had for those characters was so awful, man. In fact, Doc Brown's kids are not in the game at all. Uh, they're mentioned. His wife Clara and the kids are mentioned a few times in the game, but they're not actually in the game. Um, and it's, I mean, but it's it's incredible. It really is. It's it's a lot of fun. And if you know you're a Back to the Future fan at all, you'll definitely enjoy it. I'm, what about you, Daryl? Have you uh, checked it out at all? Or never checked it out yet. Sorry about that. I was reading my Hate Cali Guy emails, but Hate Hate Cali <laughs> Guy emails. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay, well, you know what we're going to do now, then? We'll uh, take a quick break here on the roundtable, and we will be right back. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's SupermanHomePage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. SupermanHomePage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of steel and more supermanhomepage.com imagine no longer being tied down to your computer but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go talk stream live introduces our first ever iphone application the talk shows you follow now follow you and your iphone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the internet listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day seven days a week mobile talk radio from talk stream live now available in the itunes app store 
<laughs> All right, and we are back on tonight's episode of the Roundtable Show. We've, so far, so far, we've discussed a lot of topics. This has kind of just been like a, one of those free-for-all episodes, mm-hmm. you know, that, that the Gray every, Show, Gray <laughs> Show, where where we just kind of talk about anything and everything that pops into our heads. We've, um, but you know what? I think I did enough selling before the break on the Back to the Future video game. I think. Uh, Right, I mean, I, I got one thing that I got to ask Cali guy. Like, don't you think for like uh, October that like it's pretty horror movie deficient this year? I mean, we got we got um, oh yeah, peak, but like we ain't got shit for horror movies up besides like one gothic romance. I mean, like Guillermo del Toro can't hold the entire genre up himself. People, Give him no, a- he can't. Well, he's not good at horror. But, well, you know, well, well, what's this? Well, what's this Christmas horror story that's out? Have you guys heard about that film? But the crap, the crap was this. The uh, Johnny. Yeah, every, everybody's doing the Krampus movies right yeah. now. Like Kevin Smith's doing one. Like um, there's one with like Rob Corddry that looks pretty funny. So like, which one are you talking about? There's like, well, it's like Krampus Santa Claus. It's like Santa Claus fighting the devil or something on the cover that's Krampus. of the video. That's what William Shatner. That's yeah. called the Krampus. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a Norwegian like evil Santa Claus. He's like goat headed, like. Mm-hmm. You know what, John? I recommend you go to History Channel. They got a monster show that come on Fridays. They talk about the Krampus in depth uh, last weekend. Uh, it was on uh, the History Channel. I can't think. It's a new show. It's kind of like Ancient Aliens, but instead it's for like monsters and ghosts. They talked about the Jersey Devil, but the Krampus came up. So the Krampus is actually based on. I actually heard the Krampus before. But it's like an evil version of Santa Claus or a demon, like he said. It's like some type of demon that whips kids with stitches and even take them and put them in a sack. But now I guess the horror movie people have caught on to the Krampus. So you know how it is with indie horror. And I think Universal got a Krampus movie also that they're making, a big-budget Krampus movie. Yeah, here it is, a Christmas horror story. And the, the summary for it is Christmas is supposed to be a time of joy, peace, and goodwill. But for some folks in the small town of Bailey Downs, it turns into something much less festive. And there's a, there's a, the cover has Santa Claus fighting this goat man, like devil looking. Yeah, that's, that's gotta be Krampus then. Yeah. Cause he, he's basically like, it, all the, all the, the, you get coal if you're bad and stuff, that all comes from the legend of Krampus. It ca- came with the, the Germanic and the, Nor- the Scandinavian, uh, um, what are they called? Um, immigrants that came to early America, just like the the legend of Santa Claus itself. And then it, it's basically like a lot of focus has been um, brought to the character recently because I don't know because we don't really got anything else to do with horror, you know. So like, it, there's like a bunch of people. Like I said, Kevin Smith I think is doing a Krampus movie. There's one that's a comedy movie. It's got uh, Rob Corddry in it. I forget who else. It looks William Shatner. It's actually, yeah, William Shatner. It's actually yeah, William Shatner is actually in the one that I'm looking at right now, a Christmas horror story. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, uh, well, the thing is, the thing about that though is, like, I want to see a horror movie. You know, like this. I, I when I go to the damn store and like I'm looking around, there's like no uh, Halloween stuff really, and everything. Oh. They already got Christmas decorations at the Walmart and shit, and I'm like. I don't want to watch a damn Christmas horror movie on Halloween. I want to watch. I want to watch a Halloween movie. I want to watch like Trick or Treat Part Two. You know, like give me. Yeah, some. we don't have no horror. Yeah, to answer that question, no, we we don't have no horror. Uh, you're talking to two, uh, three budding horror experts on this line. Is that you know they they haven't put nothing really. It, it gives on peak again. I knew it wasn't gonna go far because 
it's a universal film. The indie films is where it's at. I, I see some good horror this year, though. Don't get, don't get it. Oh no, 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 no. There, there is. But like, it all comes out way behind the scenes, and almost yeah. all of it. Like we were talking about, like even the kind of goofy adventure films. It's all retro. It's all throwback to either Grindhouse or Italian Gallo films too. That that's that's the weird thing about like horror right now is it's all just so um, retrospective. It is. It is. Um, it is retrospective, but I, you know, it, it it just takes one concept. You know, I am interested. In, if you guys are gonna laugh, I'm interested in the Halloween movie that's coming out in the next couple of months, next year that they make. I, I am interested in that concept. Well, it, it, it's funny that they're bringing. They're gonna bring uh, what's her name back, Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, like, who really wants to watch a monster chase around a Jerry? But didn't Hattie he? But thing? didn't he kill her? No, didn't no, he kill is, her in one is, of the films yeah, already? He, he killed her in H two O. But this is going to be from the the Brian Singer school of we don't remember that prequel filmmaking. And like so, basically, this is going to be a direct sequel to I think the first two films. So so oh oh so it's pretending as though. Uh, H2O and Resurrection, all those never happened. Yeah, I think four, uh, basically like three through um, nine never happened now. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I, I love this. I love this revisionist history that a they lot of these Texas movies do they now. Did, yeah, they did that with Texas Chainsaw also too. They made a movie that they trusted, oh, it's directly, and you have fans, some sheep, I call them sheeple, of eating that up. Say, oh, you know, this takes place. After this movie, I'm like, man, you guys are dorks, man. They they, they had a series of movies for Texas Chainsaw, and then they make this new Texas Chainsaw, and it takes place directly after the sequel, 35 years later, or 40 years later. Get the hell out of my face. It's, directly it's, after 40 years later, that's that's awesome timelining. It is. <laughs> the last t- I'm telling you, they remade Texas. Because what happened was the rights reverted to Lionsgate for some reason. Lionsgate got Don't Ask Me. But Lionsgate got the rights to the new Texas Chainsaw characters. So Warner Brothers and New Line stopped doing the films. And so when, I guess, New Line, I mean, when that rights reverted to uh, Lionsgate, what they decided to do was say, okay, this is the official sequel to the 1974 movie. I'm like, what? So what? So they disavowed all the Texas Tech Leatherface movie. All those movies got disavowed next generation because they wanted to do a 40 years later sequel. Made no, absolute no sense. And Leatherface was a good guy on top of that. If you guys want to watch it Is on it Netflix, really? Yeah, watch it on Netflix. He's a good guy. He's a he's a good guy. Leatherface is a superhero in this in this last Texas Chainsaw movie. Uh, gotta love Netflix. Gotta love Netflix. They're, they're Netflix... Netflix is actually the greatest resource for all of these movies because one thing you can do that a lot of maybe people may not know, may not be aware of out there, but we'll we'll spoil it for people is it's actually possible to get any movie you want to watch from anywhere you want to see off of Netflix. And there is an actual program you can add to your browser. This is a legal program. It's called it's called Ola, H-O-L-A, and you can add it to your browser as an add-on. If you have Google Chrome, you can add it, and you can actually change the 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 regional location of where your browser is located from. So if you want to change it to Japan 
or Europe or somewhere, and you oh, know. Oh, so so that way you're not torrenting it. You're just watching it on the that local version of. You're Netflix. watching a local version of Netflix, mm. and this is. I mean, this is 100. You can le- you can legally do this as long as you have yeah, no, a net- it's basically Netflix you're account. A, you're using a VPN, but you're not using it to actually download because it's actually Netflix content. But it's just not um, available in your country. And you would neat. and you would actually be surprised how many films are available to you, films and TV shows that may not be available to you through your United States if you're in if you're in uh, oh, you know the United Kingdom or collection. Canada. They have a horrible collection of Asian films on America. Ne- oh well, I'll, I'll tell you this: what you do, what you do, Johnny, is you change your change the region. Uh, get that get that Ola attachment and change your region to Japan and log into log into your Netflix account through the Jap through the Japanese. And oh well, now that now that I know that, yeah, I'm I'm getting that, dude. That- dude I'm going to tell you the truth. It's made it's made having a Netflix account a lot more exciting. Because in all honesty, now that you now that it, you know it's possible to go from wherever you want to on Netflix, and you can watch you can watch stuff, you really don't have a problem. It's 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 amazing. It, it definitely, you know, like like I say, it does it does beat the heck out of out of trying to get trying to get movies or TV shows through cable or any other means. Just get them through your Netflix oh, yeah, no, account. Especially if you're a big fan of Asian television and films like I am. Because, I mean, like, most of the film companies that I liked, like um, Media Blaster's um, Tokyo Shock uh, imprint, that's out of business. So now all I, all, all I can wait for is the stuff that WellGo USA puts out. And, like, they do. They have a great catalog, but, like, they put out more serious stuff. They don't ever put out any Mike movies or anything. So, like, I'm really, like, having a hard time. And, like, I'm really buying, having to buy bootlegs from, like, Shanghai and stuff like or Hong Kong. Uh, and, and it's really pricey. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I my wouldn't. Mike collection going, so like that, that might actually. I, 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 for, I watched I watched Akira for the first time in French thanks to Netflix. I'd logged into the French uh, f- uh, Netflix website, and they were one of the one of the few places where Akira was streaming through Netflix, and I was able you to watch it in French. I know I do, but I watched it in French just for the heck of it. La la, is Akira. It was amazing. It was amazing, you know, just to see it, you know, just to see how the French dubbing was for it and everything. Was it awesome? Oh, absolutely. Like, how absolutely. Did, how, did, how, did, how did you yell Tetsuo? Can you even, like, I, I mean, it? it? No, no, no. I don't, re- I don't <laughs> like remember, man. That's all. I don't, I don't remember, but I but I will tell you though that it, it was definitely entertaining, and it just like I said, it added it added like it makes it makes Netflix. It just like adds it, it to the value of bad. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, it makes something yeah. that's already awesome something that's completely amazing. I got you, dude. It's like if they had like an actual good actor playing Batman. You know what I mean? Like, it's basically. Well, well speaking of which, they had in on the Australian uh, Netflix website, they had uh, Batman: Mask of the Phantasm in full HD, well, is which it, I don't think. Is it in Australian? Like, oh, crikey, look, there's the fan. No, 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 no. It's the American. It's, it's the it's the American ver. It's the American version. There's no Australian version. Oh, it would be awesome if it were. You know, you know what? You know what's great about it though? They had it in full HD, and I don't think Mask of the Phantasm is available in full HD anywhere. I don't even think it's on Blu-ray. So the only way to get it, see it in full HD, is to see it streaming through Netflix and uh, 
broadcast going to the Australian version of Netflix is how you will see it. So it's definitely you know Crikey, a good thing. There goes the phantasm. That would be interesting, though, to see if the Australians were to dub their own version of of that. Well, because like if you get the original Mad Max, you got like the Australian dubbing and the the American one. So like that'd be cool if like the Australians were like, if you're gonna do that to Mad Max, then we're gonna do that to Batman. You know, and then then you'd have to have like this really awesome like Paul Hogan sounding Batman voice. That'd be gangster. That would be really awesome to see, actually. Although, although, what did you think of um, of Macross? Do you remember Love dubbed under Crash Clash of the Bionoids with the Australian uh, <laughs> the Australian voice actors? Is it is there's an English dub that, with Australians? I've only seen the um, yes. Japanese um, with yes. the subtitles. Yes, yes, Johnny, I'll, definitely. I'll have to look that up. Then. I will definitely, I will definitely point you in the right direction as to where you can see that at the end uh, of the conclusion mate, of the I show. I love you, mate. I love you, Min May. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's there's a there's a scene in there where you actually have an Australian who actually yells Min May. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. You saved the world, Min May. You stopped the Zentradi. With and and Min May actually <laughs> and Min May actually has an Australian accent too, so there you go. Stage lights flashing, <laughs> <I'm feeling> smashing. <laughs> so so I think I think you'll enjoy it. Definitely, uh, definitely something uh, worth checking. Oh out. no, that's yes. beautiful, man. <laughs> but like, yes, yes. Honestly, like I have this bootleg DVD of Ichi the Killer, and it's it's got this British dub, and I can't watch it in Japanese, and I can't watch the American dub for it e- e- anymore either, because, oi, what's this Ichi like then? Right, this mug, he comes over here, and he tries to tell me how to earn my Yakuza gang, right? And I'm like, oh, dude, it's so hilarious, dude. Like, if you if you can find it, man, get a copy of Ichi the Killer with the British dub, dude. It's hysterical. Dude, I'll, I'll have to check the United Kingdom version of Netflix. Perhaps it's on there. <laughs> we'll have to check that out after the show. But yeah, for, 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 those, for those wondering if there's a way to make Netflix a thousand times better, ladies and gentlemen, it is here. It has arrived. And it's called Ola. So, there you go. <laughs> right little tip, a little tip from the Roundtable show. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we definitely, uh, you know, I, I personally, I've never, I'm one of those people that have ne- has never been able to say anything but positive things about Netflix. And I don't think that'll ever change. So. Right. I mean, like, I got friends that are like, Netflix are dropping this movie and that movie. I'm like, yeah, but I don't. I don't want to watch that movie, so like they can go ahead and boot that, you know. But see, but see, that's because they lose the digital rights to these films because of the studios and things. You lose the rights, and yeah, no, you know, and, it happens, and it's amazing. All these really territories really... throughout the world. If you're if you're living in if you're living in Austria, you can watch all three Back to the Future films on Netflix. You don't have to. I mean, it's just you know, it's. I don't know. I I just I think it's a little bit ridiculous because I'm pretty sure Netflix has listings for just about every movie in existence. Every movie that's ever come out has has something in the in the Netflix database and is available somewhere, just not at the same time. You know, so. Right, and honestly, like I was saying, like when I do hear about them losing certain things, it's just kind of like, okay, well, I. Most people already have that on DVD, so that's not a really sad loss. And yeah, like, like when, like when, like people were complaining when they lost The Big Lebowski. Well, if you're a fan of that film, which we all are, you're gonna you're gonna own it. So you don't. It doesn't really matter if if Netflix loses it. The only thing you lose is the convenience of being able to 
click on it and watch it without getting off the couch. So you have to actually get off the couch and put your DVD or Blu-ray in the drive. I think, what is it with people? I mean, yeah, I, I don't get the big deal, personally, but hey. Oh, no, I mean, I, I'm not, yeah, you're, like, way more, like, plugged in than I am, because, like, I still go out and buy, like, physical copies of stuff. You like your digital um, I love to copies. purchase the digital copies. Yeah. I don't mind. You know, I, I, that's overtaken my, like, we talked a little bit, we talked a little bit about Sean Weathers, who's a great friend of, you know, PSN Radio, is a friend of all of ours, and I've had him on the show my show so shout out to Sean Weathers a lot of his films are being are, he's released a lot of his films through uh, Vimeo and you know you can purchase them all through and they're all digital you know mp4 legal mp4 digital copies and you can download them and add them to your media server or watch them however you know however you prefer to, to view them and, and they're great the, the best thing about that is you don't have to wait for a, a DVD in the mail Right. That's that's really the you know that that's like the number one thing. You just you can get it right then. You know more so than you know. So, but uh, yeah, but yeah. And I mean, like honestly, like but most people, if you're a fan of something, you're probably going to own a physical copy of it. It's, um, oh, absolutely. At some point, you'll have a physical copy, or or even if you know a physical copy or a digital copy now. Physical mm-hmm. copy, if it's something you really want to collect, or you're, you know, you're a big, huge fan, like, like I, I don't know, all of us being super huge Star Wars fans, as long as the Star Wars film is great, we'll definitely buy it. All buy it on Blu-ray, probably. I mean, uh, yeah, actually, I would buy this one, maybe this one on Blu-ray, but I, I actually want it on VHS, man. Like, I am so used to like watching the my old Star Wars. Well, VHS I think I think they stopped with didn't they stop with episode 2 yeah, for no, the yeah, VHS because they, he was never able to get the um the return of the shit on VHS. Cuz I've still no got my VHS but... copies. I've still got I've got an uno- unopened box set of the of uh 4, 5 and 6 yeah, in a box set. The uh, the non the non the non special the non special versions. Yeah, the, the, the not Lucas fied version. Yeah. They have they have Vader, Yoda, and a stormtrooper as the as the covers for each one of them, and they're black. Oh, and okay, made. yeah, I, re- I remember that that release. I have those. I too. I got that. That's the mid one. That's the one that they kind of put out when, like, I was in junior high. And that was before. That was before George Lucas started tinkering with the films. It was right before. Yeah, pretty much. It was like the. It was like the final release, but prior to tinkering. And I've got a copy, un untampered with, unopened, just sitting on the shelf. That was around the time that they showed them on the Sci Fi Channel. Remember when they did that? Everybody got all excited, like, "Oh, they're showing Star Wars on the Sci Fi Channel." It's like. Yeah, fantastic. It's actually really nice, you know, really nice to, you know, and those are and those are great. And to me that that's the preferred way to watch those those uh films. I, I like watching those films without any special uh Special, I, I got a uh, hang-up, you know, like, I always listened to my dad, he'd always tell me about, like, his old music and, like, how he didn't like listening to the Beatles on, on CD and stuff, and, like, I didn't get it until, like, I started, like, getting Dario Argento and, like, Lucho Fulcho movies, like, um, on Blu-ray, re- all retrofitted to be 1080p, and I just saw them ruined. Like, they just co- over-color corrected it, yes. and it just looked awful. And, like, everything's so bright. It's not dark and glo- gritty. You know, I like, I like that grain. I like, the, I like the shit look of, the, of a 70s horror film. 
It's not supposed to look like Willy Wonka. It's not supposed to look like some IMAX movie, you know? Like, a modern film, that's fine. I don't care about that being 1080p, but, like, taking... I hate when they take classic films and, like, they Blu-ray them. That's why I, I, all these people are like, they're finally putting the original Star Wars out on Blu-ray. I could give a rat's ass. I want another VHS release of it, to tell you the truth. That, that, that would make me happy, personally. I wonder if they would do that just as a, you know, just as a throwback, just as a classic throwback, you know, for for, for Force Awakens. Could you imagine if they did that? They actually had a VHS release, like <laughs> that would be incredible. Dude. Yeah, just just one time, just one time only. I mean, I don't even own a VCR, but you I would own a VCR. I I, no, I no, I don't. I I don't even own one, but I would, but I would get one. In order to, in order to uh, partake in enjoying that release. Yeah, the trend is coming back. Yeah, they, 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 it's like now these geeks out there that got these uh, different the indie horror people. Like they, 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 a lot of the like really small, cool horror people. Like they put their film, their their new movies out first on VHS, and it's kind of started this whole yeah. like throwback. Um, yeah. Well, it's like it's like all the music now that's coming out on vinyl. You know, you're well, they've been doing that for years, and it kind of picks up, and then, it, but like you know, like the the hip hop people and the techno people have always kept vinyl alive, but like VHS is actually like being brought back by like a specific like genre, which is pretty cool because um, VHS kind of made horror what it is. Like the video stores, like really helped gorehounds and the grindhouse shit get yes. get out there, which is like really cool that like people are remembering and rebringing that back because you know like with the blu-ray people are like oh wow we can't we can't sell this to everybody so a lot of the great movies we're not getting put out right now so exactly and let me add to that because you're right the v the vhs that's what that movie that movie called vhs was kind of parodying was the old vhs style horror movies from the deep 80s uh, early 80s late 70s late actually the the pinnacle of vhs Films was from 1986 going all the way to 1995 before Scream. Anything that predates Scream because VHS established Scream ruined horror. I, I, yeah. It did, yeah, yeah. Before that point, but VHS helped to establish like Hong Kong movies in the late 80s. A lot of Hong Kong is Asian cinema. Oh yeah, stronger in the late 80s going direct to VHS, and they had them in bootleg versions. A lot of Jackie Chan movies got released through uh, VHS. A lot of John Woo movies were getting released. Yes. several horror movies around the world like he, like Johnny just said whereas you had Nephomaniac you had Slime City you had Toxic yeah Avengers. really messed up German shit that like would not get a DVD release over here no. you know like, like or, you said Necromaniac or like um, Der Toadster King and just, uh, mm-hmm. movies like that yeah, I love those movies. Um, because I still, I'm gonna be, I, I still got a lot of VHS horror movies. Believe it or not, I still collect them. Well, because still... a lot of really good ones have never gotten decent releases. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Scream Factory's kind of picked up, and they put out like, but like they put out a lot of like the more trendy cult classics. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I get where their heart's coming from, but they need to kind of get more involved in the scene if they want to like really attract it's life problems. But you know why? It's it's rights problems. It's the reason why they can't get some horror movies that's really, really good. It, it, it comes down to rights in the company. Some companies fold it. Yeah, remember, too, a lot of companies that release some of these movies, even overseas or in America, they fold it over time. So some companies, they're getting the rights to some movies. That's rare. Some movies ain't even released on DVD, believe it or not. There's really DVD. 
70s. So it's kind of, we have a long way to go through in the, into Grindhouse, a lot of Asian movies, a lot of sword and sorcery movies that was released in the 80s, a lot of fake Star Wars knockoff movies like Battle of the Stars, which is a classic Battle of the Stars, uh, Star Blazers, all those different movies. You know, you got a long great way. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah, all great yeah. stuff. Yes. Yeah, and, and they don't have those. Um, or I think they are on DVD. I'm. Sorry. They do have that. Those have those have since been released on DVD. In fact, there was a there was a fan group, particularly uh, in, with Star Blazers, that actually went ahead and got got the got the prints and actually made did this huge huge project and got them released and they they look fantastic i've seen it yeah i own them I yeah them on, on definitely TV. awesome yeah they're great yes. you know what zob back then those star wars knockoffs helped empires of the strike empire strikes back it actually helped that movie to get bigger because they made like battle of the stars and all those movies and the fake flash gordon of Star Wars type movies that helped Empire Strike back in Return of the Jedi. See, a lot of people don't understand the power of Star Wars. It gave you the knockoffs, and the knockoffs kind of helped off. It bounced off of Star Blazers is, is absolute classic. They're on Netflix actually too. They actually put that on Netflix. I recommend people check those out. It's cheesy, yeah, you know, but it's pretty fun. You know, it's stuff that you see. It's really good. It's really good, especially if you're a, a Star Wars fan and you want to see something along those lines. They're definitely actually just they are. I actually just watched Battle from Beyond the Stars the other night, the the Roger Corman one with um, it's got George Pappard and Robert Vaughn in it. It's a, it's a fantastic film. It's another one of those. Love it. Yeah, it's a, it's great. It's a Roger see, Corman. See that's, a, see, that's the thing that these nerds don't understand that be trying to consoles being Tarantino butt suckers is that Tarantino don't know. I mean, he knows Grindhouse, but he doesn't define Grindhouse or that kind of cinema, because it goes beyond the slasher, because they have to understand the concept of Grindhouse, too. It was Italian, Asian, different forms of Asian. Yeah, no, basically, basically it was um, the really hard-hitting, like, gallo horror, and the crazy-ass kung fu movies, like um, Street Fighter, that came yeah. over and really shocked these people, and they're like, well, I can make a movie where a guy rips another dude's testicles off with his hand. I'm gonna make my own film like that, and that's where the, the American Grindhouse cinema came from. Exactly right, and, like, that's basically, Tarantino, he loves his foreign stuff, but he cannot capture it well. I mean, I don't care what his fanboys say, dude. Like, Kill, um, Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards were bad, 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 bad ripoffs of both Hong Kong or Asian and um, European style grindhouse films, which actually weren't actually grindhouse in Europe and Asia. They were actually big films, but that's all they could muster over here when they were released. But, you know, it's, it's kind of sad because, like, honestly, like Street Fighter, that was like um, the one with Sonny Chiba. That was like one of the biggest movies of the, that it year was. in Japan. It was. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of hard, but the, the geeks don't understand and it was also fake Star Wars knockoff movies, too, that was Grindhouse movies, like Battle Behind the Stars, Hercules, the one with Lou Ferrino, which is horrible, movies like Caligula, uh, Melissa, Melissa, all these sex erotic movies. Yeah, yeah, like, the, the, the Emmanuel movies. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I, I got all the Emmanuels, by the way. I got all of those on, on, on VHS and the the Lama Grizzard ones. Uh, I, I'm going to send a list over them. I'm going to put in my group a list of those because I, I still watch those movies to this day or the Carry On movies. Uh, yeah, if, of... if, I can, if I can catch them or if I know some someplace where I can watch them, yeah, I check them out too. Like they're, they're, they're just so bad, you know what I mean? Like They're really good to just like laugh at and watch. Yeah, I love them. I love them, but you know... It's just that the fanboys, they make these different... I, I give one person credit that helps Tarantino, though, believe it or not. And uh, hopefully, Zod and Jackal could get 
get this position is Harry Knowles. Harry Knowles is the one that helped Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez, believe it or not, to get bigger in, when, when it comes to that scene because Harry Knowles got the the uh, Grindhouse Festivals. That's a person you should get on your, on the on the network to interview too. Is Harry Knowles? But you know, I, I disagree with his website. Any cool news is really fell flat. But you know, he really does know that stuff, and he has a lot of good festivals up in Austin, Texas. Well, it, it's just what happens whenever anything gets big. The children yeah. take it over, and you can't have um, fringe and genre stuff because you're catering now. You're you're mm. the guy from Ain't It Cool News, so your news has to be Ain't It Cool. You know, you can't have the the the, the fringe stuff on there anymore and that's no. that's the bad thing about making it big you know and that's happening to be friends man i'm gonna always be into that fringe uh atmosphere so the fr- i mean fringe movies well, i watch all kind of movies anyway but you know i like the fringe movies the low yeah, me, me too for the most part it's just um for the super disturbing stuff i'm kind of cool off of that for the moment like i i went through and i watched i watched almost all of them and like a lot of the new ones that come out they're just trying to outdo the ones that already mm-hmm. exist and i don't know if i need to see movies that like outdo solo and like angels melancholy and you know de- de- debris documentar and shit like that i mean those movies are disgusting so if there's people are making movies to try to outdo those, you like, can't. <laughs> you can't. Oh, I, if you do, I don't want to see it. But <laughs> you know what? The guy that did Angel Dimtar, I mean, you probably know his history. That director, that German director, he's already did movies kind of in the eighties. He's been retired. You know, he's he was friends with the guy that did Nephromaniac. So do you got to have a certain mind for those kind of movies like Sodom? You know, those movies, I saw them, you can't do those no more. Caligula, those movies are one-shot or human experiment, movies like the human experiment. Well, actually, they just made an American guinea pig that was quite good. Which one? American guinea pig. They did, like, an American version of, like, the classic guinea pig movies. It's basically just like a – it's like the first guinea pig. It's a dude oh, is it? I didn't know they did a new one. I didn't know they did a new yeah, one. Recently. Well, it's an American. It's not a Japanese one, too, which I – was. Yeah, they're the best ones, the Japanese ones. But. I like the second one, and then the one with the mermaid was weird. I had fun with that one, but I didn't like I didn't like all the guinea pig movies. I thought some of them were just kind of like, I don't know, stupid. I did too. I did too. The first one, I, I actually enjoyed the first one. But, you know, it takes a certain fan base. You know, for me, with uh, Del Angel, that you just mentioned, the German one, I actually enjoyed it because it, it was shocks. I know that regular horror fans are, are not going to watch that. So I just re- I would recommend it to people that's like myself that's in the underground horror pretty a- much. Angels Melancholy. If you want to watch the ugliest people you can think of doing the ugliest thing that's imaginable to each other, then like that movie is for you. Like I mean that that one chick that's with the with the fat dude. Tell, oh, yeah. I thought that was a guy at first. I did too. I thought that was a guy too. <laughs> I did too. I thought that was a man at first for the whole time, and the ending was twisted. Though I'm not going to describe it. I I'm, will not describe it because we. Well, it, it's not like it was like a, a, a actually. I mean, it went on for it was like almost four hours long, but it's like it was almost like a Michael. Bay movie as like it was like different vignettes that kind of they squeezed together because like there's that whole part where like he goes to the church and like he's like like chasing the nun around and like she decides that she's horny too it's just and I'm like what is this what are you is there any narrative to this film whatsoever Johnny Johnny don't spoil it please don't spoil it on the air because I wouldn't I don't want people to be discouraged I know what now what now what film is this now it's called Melancholy Der Engel the Angel's Melancholy it's a German um shock horror film 
I don't even know if you could call it horror. It's just a shock film, man. It's, it's a shock film. It's basically this dude and this, uh, these two dudes that are buddies, and one of them's dying, and they meet these girls at a bar, and they go back to this house that they got that's just disgusting. They got like all these dead animals all over the place, and the rest of the film is just them twisting these girls into becoming part of like their weird fucking torture cult. It's it's gross. It's tore up on many levels. <laughs> I just tell you this: the like, I... that people pee on each other, they puke on each other, poop on each other. Like there's like, oh yeah, anything that's disgusting. Me bag. Uh, listen, uh, the, the colostomy the... bag. Yep. That scene is the <laughs> most. Got a wheelchair with a colostomy bag getting fingered. Yeah, it's. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, you know what? On that note, we're gonna have to go ahead and end tonight's episode of the Round Table Show. We have, uh, we have. Uh, Michael Mott and uh, Tim Schwartz coming up with The Outer Edge here on PSN Radio. So thank you, everyone, who is tuned in to tonight's amazing show. We've discussed everything from Star Wars to Back to the Future to Marvel, the Marvel Universe to disgusting horror films from Germany. So so until it's next from week. Germany, people. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, we no will. No offense if you're listening. We will see you on psn-radio.com. Good night.